Trevor Woods here from the Block M Podcast, an affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. Today I'm previewing Michigan vs. Bowling Green, taking place on Saturday at the Big House. To discuss this matchup, I'm speaking with Michael Burwell, a sports writer for the Toledo Blade. How are we doing today, Michael? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Really happy to have you on, Michael, and you've been covering the matchup all week. One of the storylines is the head coach of Bowling Green, Scott Leffler. Leffler was a quarterback for the University of Michigan some years ago. Leffler's been the coach at Bowling Green since 2019. Last season was his best record there yet at 6-7. and seven. First bowl appearance of his 10-year loss in the Quick Lane Bowl. The start of this season got out to a bad start, a loss to Liberty, 34 to 24. Got back on track last week against Eastern Illinois, 38 to 15. So, how are things trending this season, and how are things trending overall with the Bowling Green program? Yeah, the overall the Bowling Green program, it's it's definitely trending in the right direction. Um, you know, they they had some really really tough years, uh, even right before Scott Leffler came in. Um, he had a heck of a rebuild project on his hands, and 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 last season was a huge step in the right direction for the team. Uh, you know, they they made it to their first bowl game since 2015. Uh, they were competitive in a lot of games. They pulled off a couple pretty big wins, uh, like they beat Marshall at home. They beat uh, Toledo, which is obviously a huge rival for them. Uh, so it's it's definitely trending in the right direction. They've got some great players that have come in, you know, that they've developed, that they brought in from the transfer portal. And and honestly, this year, I mean, their expectations are really high. You know, they they have a lot of they have a lot of experience on the team. They have a lot of confidence, and they expect to compete for a MAC championship by the end of the season. Um, so, so overall, things are, are definitely trending in the right direction for Bowling Green. So you said they got some playmakers, some from the transfer portal. Who are some of those guys that Michigan should keep an eye on in this one? Yeah, well, well Michigan will face a pretty familiar opponent at quarterback, uh, Connor Basilek. Uh, he played at Indiana last season. Uh played at um, uh, Missouri the previous three seasons. Uh, he was the 2020 um, the SEC co-freshman of the year. So so Basilek has a lot of good game experience. Uh, I think he threw for a little over 200 yards uh, in the loss to Michigan last year when he was with Indiana. And and he stepped in, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of split in time a little bit, a little bit with uh, Camden Orthak quarterback. Um, it was... <laughs> Basilak's first two games uh, could not have been more polar opposite. You know, his first game uh, as a Falcon against Liberty, he threw for three interceptions, only had 70 passing yards, uh, six of 21 completion, just just a nightmare of a game. Uh, he was under pressure almost every single play. Uh, but he really bounced back well last week. Uh, showed a lot more poise and, and just confidence uh, against Eastern Illinois. Um, had a really good game. Uh, Les basically got his uh, got the ball into his receivers and, and playmakers' hands and let them do the work. So, so he'll be he'll be one to keep an eye on. Um, another player that BG just brought in, uh, wide receiver Abdul Fatai Ibrahim. Uh, he was a transfer from Alabama A and M. 
in four seasons at Alabama and he had two uh two one thousand yard receiving years. So so he's he definitely knows how to make plays, had a spectacular touchdown catch last week against Eastern Illinois. So I think those two are, are gonna be the main players to, to keep an eye on. Do you expect it to be a fifty fifty pass run balance or what are we looking at schematically? Should we expect some long running back gains in this one? The top two running backs for bowling green, Stewart averaging six point two yards per carry and Keith averaging ten point four yards per carry. Yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna try to mix it up pretty evenly. Um, BG the last couple of years has really really struggled in the run in the running game. Uh, they averaged just barely over a hundred yards a game, which ranked you know among the worst in the MAC, one of the worst in the country as well. Uh, they they really want to be efficient on the in the ground game and and I mean they have some solid players to be able to do that. Terry on Stewart uh, sat out last season but was their leading rusher in 2020 2021. Uh, Detron Keith is is a weapon out of the backfield. He his pass catching out ability is is really outstanding for the team as well. Uh, so so they they want to be able to run the ball. They don't want to have they don't want to just rely heavily on the pass. So so I think you're going to see them really try to mix it up, probably get the ball in the passing situations. They're probably going to try to get the ball out of uh, Hunter Bazelak or Cam the North's hands pretty quickly just so, you know, they can get it before Michigan's pressure really takes over. So that'll, that'll be important for them. It definitely is uh, protecting the quarterback. Now shifting to the defensive side of the football, Bowling Green has – to this point, seven sacks on the season. That's good enough to rank number 16 in the nation. And then team tackles for loss, they ranked 36. So have they been doing a decent job generating pressure so far, getting into the opponent's backfield or pressure running backs and quarterbacks alike? Yeah, yeah, they, they really have. Uh, in both games so far this season, they, they've really been able to get in the backfield. Um, in the Liberty game, Liberty had a really good mobile quarterback, so he was able to run around and and even pressure quite a bit. But BG was really making him earn for earn it, and they had, BG had five sacks last week. Uh, they they take a lot of pride in being able to to put pressure on the quarterback. Um, last week they lost a really really good defensive lineman from last year, Carl Brooks, uh, who is in the NFL right now with the Green Bay Packers, uh, drafted by the Packers in the sixth round. So that that's a pretty big pretty big holder of place, but their front seven is really, really effective. They have some pretty solid linebackers with a lot of experience. Darren Anders has, I think, close to 300 tackles in his career. Uh, just a really efficient player. Has played in a lot of games. Uh, even even in the secondary, they like to bring people off the edge sometimes uh, uh, in, in pressure situations. So uh, BG, they take a lot of pride in being able to, to get in the backfield and at least make things uncomfortable for, for opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, this is definitely what I'm looking forward to the most in this one. Michigan's offensive line, they've been absolutely great in pass protection so far this year. However, they've had their fair share of struggles in run blocking, surprising so for the Wolverines. So this should be a good test all around as far as, sounds like Bowling Green's going to come out swinging and being aggressive on defense. So that's the type of test 
Michigan's going to need heading into Big Ten play starting a week after this one against Rutgers at the Big House. Now, Michael, you have a couple articles on the Blade, ToledoBlade.com and in the newspaper. One of these articles is talks about Bowling Green. They're confident that they have the ability to handle crowd noise ahead of the trip to Michigan. And then you have another article about Bowling Green embracing an amazing opportunity to play a top program such as Michigan. Just get us into the, the minds of Bowling Green locker room right now and why they're confident being able to handle that crowd noise and why they're they're embracing that opportunity to play Michigan. Yeah, they, they don't. They just don't get many opportunities like this to, to play in front of 100,000 people uh, in an environment like the Big House, especially in a night game as well. And, and they're just they're just going to enjoy it and just just take advantage of, of something that is obviously going to be pretty special to them. I mean, I mean, 100,000 fans. I think they've only had about 260 total thousand fans and. In, uh, in 13 games last season. So just just being able to play in an, an environment like that is something that they're embracing. I mean, to be able to, I mean, this Michigan is the number two ranked team in Michigan. Uh, it's the highest ranked team that BG has ever faced in program history. So so they just, I mean, they, they just want to be able to, you know, put up a fight and just do their best, obviously. And, uh, Regarding the crowd noise, uh, you know, BG has played in some tough environments. Uh, um, they played at Mississippi State last year. They played at Tennessee the year before. A lot of these guys have experience. Uh, you know, most most of BGSU's main top players, especially on offense, have played for several years. You know, they're three, four, five-year college players. They've played in, in pretty raucous environments before. And they feel like they've handled it pretty well. Uh, Coach Scott Leffler, his team, you know, was able to handle the noise and everything at Tennessee pretty well a couple years ago. And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see coming out. I mean, obviously it's going to be a (laughs) – it'll be a pretty tough environment, you know, a lot of silent counts and everything like that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out, but, but they feel like that they're ready for the challenge. Do you have any predictions as far as where things may go right for Bowling Green and where things might go wrong on Saturday? Um, as far as things going right, I think they want to. I want to say they want to try to build off of uh, just last week. Uh, they they really had a lot of quick passes, uh, you know, screen plays to the running backs and tight ends, and and just let them do the work. Uh, I think you're going to probably see that a little bit. They want to try to be able or want to be successful in that area. Last week they had 368 passing yards, and 257 of those came after the catch. So so they really depended on um, their playmakers at the skill position, you know, making moves in the open space. And, and I think they want to be able to do that again. They want to run the ball, but, I mean, that's going to be a pretty tough challenge. I mean, everything's going to depend on the offensive line for BG. Uh, it's it's really been hit and, hit and miss, you know, over the last handful of years. Uh, in the running, they looked great in the running game against Liberty. They looked atrocious in the passing game against Liberty. So, so the offensive line definitely needs to be consistent. Uh, if Michigan dominates in the trenches, then it's it's more than likely going to be a pretty long day for the Falcons. So, so BG is going to 
really, really have to make an emphasis to have strong line play, especially on, on both sides of the ball. You just noted that a lot of yards after the catch. Now, does that mean a lot of quick passes from Bowling Green? Yeah, yep, a lot, a lot of pretty quick passes. Um, they 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 just have they have some really interesting play calls. They really like to get their tight end involved. Um, Harry Fanning Jr. He's a sophomore. He had seven catches on eight targets for 109 yards, uh, 86 yards after the catch. Their running back Teron Heath had six catches on six targets for 123 yards, and all 123 of those came after the catch. So so they they really like to. Especially last week, they like to get the ball out quickly out of their quarterback's hands. Um, against Liberty, I mean, he was just sitting in the pocket way too, not for very long, but just a, Liberty's defensive front really caused problems for the offensive line. So I think if, if BG wants to be able to move the ball offensively, they're, they're going to have to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands pretty quickly. I mean, he can't afford to take any sacks or huge losses. Um, or be forced in throwing in a turnover, throwing turnover, or throwing interceptions, um, especially when Michigan's really applying pressure. Yeah, it's, it's been definitely contrasting styles interchanging week by week as far as the type of quarterback and scheme that the Wolverines have been facing in week one against East Carolina. The quarterback got rid of the ball very quickly. Michigan was quite frustrated. They didn't tally even one single sack in that game. Last week, quarterback for UNLV, Doug Brumfield, held on to the ball too long, too often. Five sacks for the Wolverines' defense. So now it's back once again to a quarterback, a quarterback that Michigan knows and has seen before last season for the Hoosiers who does get rid of the ball quickly. So yet another challenge for the Michigan defense, another challenge for the Michigan team, another non-conference game, the final of the season, before they had to play Rutgers next week. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Would you like to tell the folks where they can find you online? Uh, yeah, you can find me online on Twitter, uh, at Michael underscore Irwell, and I'll be, I'll be tweeting out uh, updates and everything during the game awesome yeah can't wait to read some of your stuff and some of your analysis during the game after the game everybody be sure to give michael a follow michael underscore burwell and before i get out of here today looking for a fresh new look this season our friends at homefield apparel have you covered in case you aren't familiar homefield apparel is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the midwest not only is their stuff comfy but it's officially licensed gear so you have peace of mind knowing what you're buying is legit the home field team studies the history, traditions, and legacy of every school. With all that information, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. Homefield has some incredible Michigan designs you will not find anywhere else. From t-shirts to hoodies and crewnecks, they have it all so you can proudly represent the maize and blue wherever you are. If you want a piece of the action, head over to homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. And once again, this has been Trevor Woods from the Block M Podcast, an affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Woods Football, and I'll be speaking to you folks after Michigan's game against Bowling Green for the Post Game Reaction Podcast. See you then.